Hey everybody, here we are back again with another episode of Taylor Radio. In this episode, I break down some of my thoughts on Robert Downey Jr. Pod, uh, interview on Joe Rogan's podcast and Bill Maher. Uh, Bill Maher had a interesting interview on Rogan's podcast. Both, I'll tell you what, the Robert Downey Jr. interview surprised me. I was very delighted. The Bill Maher interview was entertaining and interesting and really hit some heavy topics going on in the political world today. Of course, it's Bill Maher. So anyway, take a listen. Enjoy the show. You can follow me on my website, tstutch.com. You can follow me on YouTube, Taylor Space Stutch. You can uh, follow me on Twitter, tstutch1. And you can email me at tayradio1 at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. All right, guys. Let's get right into it, shall we? So there were a couple interviews that were on Rogan's podcast recently that I just really enjoyed. One of them was Robert Downey Jr. The other was Bill Maher. So... If you're not familiar, I'm sure most of you are. Robert Downey Jr., a famous actor. He's played Iron Man in the Iron Man movies, I think in the other Marvel things. You know, it's funny. I really don't pay attention to that whole comic book scene. So that's, you know, like I don't I don't know. What was he in Avengers? Was he in, you know, Marvel sucks that the shit out of somebody's asshole? I have no idea. But I know he was Iron Man, and I'm going to tell you what I thought about some things here, because uh, I can. Um, I, watching the Iron Man movies, I actually got the impression, the watching the Iron, Iron Man movies made me believe that Robert Downey Jr. is actually a cool dude, uh, because he just... It, Watching those movies, like I'm not a big movie go- movie goer, but they just looked so good. Um, you know, it looked real in terms of his portraying of the Iron Man character. It looked like he was, um, you know, the way he had his personality. It seemed like that was really Robert Downey Jr., like very intelligent, and but also like somewhat down to earth, and. Um, like, you know, able to kick some ass. It was cool shit, cool shit. But at the same time, watching those movies, I always assumed, okay, Robert Downey Jr., he's an actor, he's probably a liberal, um, he, you know, he's probably not somebody I could ever get along with. So I, oh, I just really kind of wrote it off. And I saw that he was on Rogan's podcast. So I want to note something here. Rogan's podcast, you know, he had a couple of big guests already. You know, uh, one of those was Elon Musk, and he's had some other huge guests on, you know, Kevin Hart, um, even though Kevin Hart's within his sphere. But we are definitely seeing an inflection point in the Joe Rogan experience, I'd say in the last year or so. Um, But like having he had, you know, having Robert Downey Jr. on and probably. Rogan having on some of the political guys as well um, showed how big and important his podcast is. And I think we're seeing the results of how prolific uh, Rogan's podcast has become. 
because not only did he have on Tulsi Gabbard running for president, not only did he have on Andrew Yang running for president, but you know he had on Bernie Sanders, um, and he's had on you know Elon Musk. But having like an A-list celebrity like that, it's different, right? Like um, a lot of people don't know who Elon Musk is, but a lot of people do know who Rob who Iron Man is. So it's interesting the sphere of people that are kind of coming into uh, Rogan's podcast. Now back to what I actually think about Robert Downey Jr. in the podcast, I was pleasantly surprised. So I've always viewed Robert Downey Jr. or people of his ilk, the A-list celebrity types, as mostly just super left-wing, totally unrelatable to people in the real world. And that is extremely unappealing to me. Um, you know, as somebody who's just pretty much an average dude in terms of like my lifestyle. Um, of course, right now, I'm living over in Taipei, which is not necessarily an average lifestyle choice for an American. But, it, you know, like I come from uh, middle class suburbs of Houston, Texas, grew up. You know, just wrestling, playing with kids, uh, my neighborhood, my, you know, my neighbors and friends and, you know, always working, nonstop working. I still work like an animal now and just always trying to do shit. And so I have a heavy respect. If you listen to my, my podcast, I have a very, very high respect for just the average people of the country. You know, um, the people that make shit happen, the people that are, you know, the plumbers, electricians, all that. You know, people just getting shit done, man. I want politicians to leave us alone. And so I didn't know what to expect out of Robert Downey Jr. I didn't know, you know, obviously, who would know? So anyway, he came across as really likable, very much a likable guy. Uh, I was just, um, you know, he talked about where he grew up, which that isn't, you know, isn't, you know, that special, but it is interesting. Um, you know, he grew up, I guess, over in Long Island, and I think his dad was in the movie business. And what I really liked hearing uh, about that, what I want, some things I really liked about that podcast was one, he's into martial arts, and he seemed to have a pretty good understanding of some of the aspects of martial arts and the understanding that you know, real injury can. He had. It seems like he has a respect for a certain amount of violence, which to me means a lot. Um, in fact, one of my, in my opinion, one of the biggest problems with our political class, one of our biggest problems with the um, the Antifa class and the climate activists and the feminists, uh, especially radical feminists. In my opinion, one of the biggest problems with those people is that they don't have a uh, a healthy respect for. Uh, for violence. They don't understand what it's like to be kicked or punched. Um, they don't have a grounding in reality. And I just – I think that fighting uh, – one reason I think that fighting is such an important part of having a respect for reality is because it is a situation where regardless of what you want to happen, things are happening to you. And it's happening fast. It's like a – it's, you know, we all go through life and we could, 
you know, we experience, you know, maybe bad things with money or, or, you know, maybe you have trouble getting enough food or, but like over those happen over long periods of time. And maybe it's hard to understand why those things happen to you. Maybe you're not in the right state of mind. Uh, but when you are in a fight with somebody, whether it be, you know, a boxing match, kickboxing, taekwondo, jujitsu, uh, karate, something like that, it is a real time acknowledgement that, you um it's a real time acknowledgement of this of the of your circumstances and that is you can't just go oh i just got my ass handed to me but i don't know but i think i won of course that is rare and that can happen but most people you know when you get your teeth knocked out when you get kicked when you get punched there is the hard reality that the world will inflict its will on you and your mission is to become skilled enough to inflict your will on the world. And I feel as though that the uh, one problem we have with a lot of, say, actors or actresses or the, uh, the elitist types who want to tell everyone how to run their life on high is they don't have enough understanding of that reality. And so they make rules for people that have to deal with the consequences of that. And the fact that Robert Downey Jr. had such a you know healthy respect for martial arts and just seemed very, very relatable throughout the entire podcast I thought was really cool. And it totally changed my perspective of him. Now, does that mean that – you know? It was it was a, about an hour and a half conversation. So yes, could he have faked it? Yes, absolutely, he could have. Maybe he was full of shit, and uh, he is just a total asshole. Uh, but I don't think so. But that's still possible. Um, I also thought it was uh, you know he he referenced uh, people referenced in the comments that he made eye contact with Jamie, um, which is uh, Joe Rogan's producer several times throughout the interview and how a lot of people you know thought that was cool and a lot of people appreciate that you know Jamie is in my opinion a I don't want to say underappreciated but probably underappreciated asset of the Joe Rogan experience I don't think Joe underappreciates him um I think Joe I think Joe probably uh pays Jamie a lot and I think that him and Jamie probably have a pretty good relationship and I think Jamie is an introverted guy who doesn't really like being out in front of uh, a lot of people so anyway there's that but um, it is true uh, Robert Downey Jr. was you know he made good eye contact with Jamie throughout the the podcast and it, it just it was what it is is it's an acknowledgement that he's not the only motherfucker in the room right it's an acknowledgement that there are other people in the room and it's respectful to pay attention to other people and now here's the thing is that could be a sign that Robert Downey Jr is legitimately down to earth that he is relatable it could also be a sign that he's just you know he just knows what he's doing right like he's been around here before he knows how to interact with people um, but he definitely didn't have an air of um, of uh, being too full of himself, which is nice. You know, it's very nice to see that. Uh, what I also 
you know, they talked about his blackface uh, in that movie. I forgot what movie it was. He was in a movie with Jack Black and some other guys. Um, and sorry, I'm exhausted. I went to a dinner and was trying to speak Chinese as much as I could. And it is exhausting. Like afterwards, you know, we had a drink. I just had one beer and then I was like, oh my God, I'm so tired. And I think it was because, you know, you, for one, I was out late last night, but then also it's one of those things where you, uh, your mind, it's one of those things where your mind is working overtime. So anyway, um, that's the, uh, that's the situation with, uh, with, uh, Robert Downey Jr., um, interview. I thought it was good, and I, I think it's worth listening to. I think you'll get a really good understanding of what he thinks. Uh, I think. Oh yeah. So there's a. I guess I'll keep going for a second here. Some people basically Robert, you know, you know, our Robert Downey Jr. was talking about some. Uh, he was talking about honesty and being truthful, and it was really interesting because he brought up the fact that he was in a process of promotion. Um, the process of promotion for his new – he's doing, I guess, a new series of movies. He doesn't want to be Iron Man right now. They talked about closing a chapter in one part of your life and starting another. And that I thought was a really good conversation uh, because you get to look at what somebody like a celebrity, an actor, um, what his pers- – and somebody who seems pretty well-grounded, uh, what he thought about – you know. Moving on and doing different things in your life. So he's closing the chapter on Iron Man, opening it up in some other fucking movies I can't remember. But um, it was it was interesting to hear. And he talked about – well, I'm going to go ahead and save that for the second part of this. We're going to go ahead and pause for some sponsors. I'll be right back. Okay, so um, – what I wanted to get to was there was a point towards the beginning of the podcast where Robert Downey Jr. was talking with Joe about, you know, I guess becoming, you know, being more honest, being more transparent in their lives. And he talked about how this was a period of time in his life where he was in a, a time for promotion. And what I mean by that is he was talking about promoting his new movies, his new series, the new things he was in. And that was, uh, you know, some people pointed that out in the YouTube comments and talked about, you know, thought it was kind of cringy. And I understand that. I think it could be perceived as that as well. And, but I think some people are struggling with the fact that Rogan's podcast really is uh, a, a promotional platform. I remember I had. And when I say that, you know, I, I assume most people watching understand that. But in case you don't understand it, here's what it is. You know, there's a lot of TV shows uh, on, or there's you know TV shows on where the whole point of the show is people pay to get on the show, and that's a big part of the show. Now, I don't necessarily think that people. I don't know. If people pay to get on Rogan's show, I don't necessarily think that's the case. But by people coming on his show, they do help him create content. And what's interesting about it 
is I actually legitimately did not realize that a lot of the guests were coming on to promote stuff for that purpose until, I don't know, maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago. It was not that long ago where I was like, oh shit, his podcast is, it's like just becoming straight promotion. Like people are coming on just to promote this, coming on to promote that. And I think that when you realize that, it can change your perception of his podcast. So, but I also think that that is part of how you know that his podcast is becoming so big now because a lot of high level celebrities, stars, uh, people are coming on to promote their products, their books, their movies, whatever it is. And everyone knows that Joe's got the goods. And I want to go ahead and transfer that over to the Bill Maher came on. And I'll tell you what, I enjoyed it. Like Once again, I enjoyed Bill Maher even though he's a liberal, he's a liberal cunt at times. But he, I thought he had a good interview. He seemed more, once again, more relatable, more down to earth. But at the same time, it's hard to pin him down because he goes on so many political rants that seem to be contradictory to what he says on Joe's podcast. Like on Joe's podcast, he has kind of a reverence or I don't know if reverence is the correct word, but he has kind of like a respect for the kind of the tougher ages of, you know, the you know, the fifties and the sixties and the and those times because people were just tougher. You know, this cancel culture wasn't so popular. You could say controversial things and not lose your job. Of course, you know, it depends on the controversial thing at the time. Um, but also at that time, he t- you know, he talked about how he liked the South, how he liked Houston, how he liked Texas. And it's interesting to me that he would say all that. Meanwhile, you know, I've listened to enough of his show. I, I enjoy some of his show. But he also – and he does – he did a really good job. I'll give him this too. He did a really good job of calling out the left for being too radical. And this is what I keep saying. It's so funny. I keep saying that yes, there's radicals on both sides. But the left-wingers are the existential crisis facing America. It's not the right. Like maybe 30 years ago when people, you know, conservatives were trying to ban rap music, maybe that would be considered, you know, anywhere close to what the left is doing today. Um, You know, but they weren't advocating, you know, every time somebody said something incorrect, they weren't advocating them lose their job, losing their job, in my opinion. At least I don't think so. Whereas that's what the left is doing. And I keep saying like, look, the left is the problem. We all have to unite together to defeat the radical left because they're the ones fucking this up for all of us. And the more and more um, old liberals, and when yeah, like old liberals are coming out, like people like Bill Maher have to keep coming out and calling out the left and saying, "Look, the left is worse than um, people are admitting." So like you've got Bill Maher, you know, Joe Rogan, Sam Harris. You know, you got a lot of people that have identified themselves as Democrats their entire lives that are saying, "Look, look, look. 
we get it. Uh, you know, there's crazies on the Republican side, but the real threat to people right now is not Republicans. It is radical left wingers. It's people that want to shut down all types of speech. So Marr did a good job in this interview, in my opinion, nailing that down. And Marr, if you watch his show, he's a lefty, man. He's not a radical lefty, but he's a lefty. He's a, he's a Democrat through and through. And he kept talking about, rightfully so, how the uh, radical left is going so far to the extreme that they're going to almost guarantee Trump gonna get, is going to get reelected because people don't like living in this reality. You know, people don't like living in a world where every time you say something wrong on accident that you could lose your job, especially in a world where what is considered wrong is constantly changing. So that is a – I mean that's legit. Um, and I also thought it was so interesting. They brought up uh, the – a couple of things that people on the left do that – I have run into lately, and it is frustrating beyond belief, beyond belief, and that is the people on the left say ridiculous shit like they'll say like the wage gap or they'll say like kids in cages, um, and Bill Maher hates that shit right? because it was so funny. He says exactly what I've been saying, what other people have been saying. We don't have any nuance. There's no such thing as nuance anymore. And so the uh, – you can't say, oh, like – you know, and I, I have to talk about – I've talked about this to Taiwanese people, to other, you know, people all over the world about our situation here. And it's like, no, dude. The situation in America is not that we're these horrible people that don't want refugees. It's like that's not the issue. Yes, those countries, they're coming from a horrible. But at the same time, it's like, look, if you know the world has billions of people, we can't accept everyone in our country. We have to have a limit. You know, like the other thing is this, is that like I've said before, people don't understand. We have a system of rules and laws and regulations. Some of those are what allow us to operate as a country. So you don't want so many people in the country that they don't understand the rules and regulations and end up – and the rules and regulations fail because you know they are not informed on how these rules are you – know, operate. A good example would be people voting to take away the you – know, say the Second Amendment or creating hate speech, law, hate speech laws, right? If you had enough for – you know, enough – People come into this country that didn't know, you know, the basis for the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, or like other types of, of laws. You could have a situation where people are openly supporting the, you know, the ab the abolition of the Bill of Rights, of our amendments, and so it's, you know, that's you know that's why these things are so important. Like you can't just say, oh, kids in cages, therefore let everybody in, and it's frustrating to me because I have directly directly been talking to people that have that use these talking points and not only that i see it online i hate following this stuff online um like fa having facebook friends or you know or reading twitter things where people put up this propaganda but at the same time i feel like it's very important to know that the uh propaganda exists and so that's why i don't like unfriend a lot of people because it's like I want to know 
some of the crazy shit that people think that I know is patently false and uh, just egregiously wrong. But you know what? They don't know that, so they're going to keep posting it. Anyway, uh, so, you know, Bill Maher was going off against that, and he specifically brought up kids in cages and talked about how, okay, yeah, but there's a, a nuanced discussion we need to have about immigration. And it's like, yes, see, this is the problem with the radical left and the propaganda that is so powerful. And I even talked about it in the last podcast about propaganda. Um, it's so funny. I read a book on propaganda, but uh, how? Uh, but I, ha- I need to go back and revisit it. But anyway, the propaganda is is very very strong. A lot of people st- will straight up talk about, you know, oh well, Trump is a monster. He puts kids in cages, and it's like, no, dude. People just have the whole thing wrong, and there's a nuanced discussion to have about immigration, you know. And but we're not going to have that. If the radical left takes control, but anyway, the Bill Maher, it was good. But I'll tell you what, it is hard to know how sincere Bill Maher was because, like I said, he goes off on how stupid Trump voters are and how stupid Republicans are all the time. Meanwhile, he basically came up and defended half the things that conservatives nowadays would like. Like we want freedom of speech, we want um, you know nuanced discussion, we want control at the border. I think one thing about Bill Maher, Bill Maher is attacking the Republicans that existed 20 years ago. That's one thing that I think is going on. He's ex- he's fighting a political straw man that doesn't really exist because right now conservatives or Republicans really represent just non-leftists. And then you have Democrats who pretty much represent leftists, you know. Anyway, um Towards the end of the interview, it was really funny because Bill Maher was trying to get Joe Rogan on his show, and it was interesting. It's um, you know some people were really irritated in the comments about what Bill Maher did, uh, but it's like this is how people are. Like it's just two men interacting. Bill Maher wanted to get Joe Rogan on his show, and it's obviously we all know why because Joe is fucking off the hook. Joe's show, hey, look, Bill Maher invited himself onto Joe's show to promote Bill, you know, Bill Maher invited himself onto Joe Rogan's podcast so Bill Maher could promote Bill Maher's return to HBO, right? There's no other way around. You know, Joe Rogan doesn't go on fucking Bill Maher to promote anything. So we know who's got the fucking cojones here. People coming into Rogan's house to kiss the ring. Um, but basically Bill Maher was trying to, uh, strong arm, not strong arm, I guess maybe to get, uh, Joe Rogan to do his show and Joe Rogan agreed, which is cool. I think that was cool. But, uh, a lot of people took it the wrong way because Bill Maher was clearly defensive. Joe Rogan criticized his show, uh, format. I thought rightfully so. He said he doesn't like the format. He doesn't like how argumentative it is. It's not really a conversation. So he doesn't like it. And uh, it really pissed off Bill Maher. And, you know, um, but it was cool. It was a cool ending, in my opinion. I kind of liked seeing that, a little bit of confrontation. But, you know, Bill Maher overall, um, I think Bill Maher's an interesting cat. I don't think he's, I still don't know how relatable he is. I don't think he's that relatable. (sighs) You know, I watched his documentary Religulous, and I've I've seen some of his stand-up comedy, which I have liked. But 
um, you know, he still seems a little bit of an elitist. Anyway, that's all I got for today. You can follow me at tstutch.com, YouTube, Taylor Space Stutch. You can follow me on Twitter, tstutch1, and uh, email me at tayradio1 at gmail.com. Thank you.